This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 209, sponsored by Iverse Media, discount comic book service, drawer boxes from collectiondrawer.com, and iFanboy listeners like you.
Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 209. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. That's not what the script says, but I'll go with it. <laughs> Who's Flanagan? <laughs> it's like my really bad 2001 gangster name. <laughs> what, do you look like Eminem? Yeah. <laughs> you did look like Eminem. You were ahead of your time. I've gotten so after the book, the podcast companion book came out. I've gotten so many questions like, "So did Josh really like Eminem?" Like just <laughs> completely uninitiated. Either I didn't even offer it up. They just came out with them. So. Oh, it was the year before. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And the other chatty Kathy is Ron Richards. Hello. <laughs> we are ifanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website. We talk about it on the podcast along with other comics and other topics of interest. Before we get started, we actually wanted to say a couple of things. One, lots of people have been asking questions about the video show, and we're going to have an announcement about it at the end of this show, so stay tuned. And two, we've added another show to our galaxy of iFanboy shows, <laughs> and this, the reason why this one's special is because it's on a separate feed. You have to actually go and subscribe on iTunes to it separately just because the feed is getting really clogged with shows. So if you want to check out the iFanboy Talks Below Don't Miss podcast, which is a special Monday podcast in which a creator talks about the book they've got coming out that week and sort of, you know, tells you about it, maybe what reasons why you want to pick it up at the, show, at the store that week. So check out the iFanboy Talks Below Don't Miss podcast. It's on a separate feed. It's on iTunes. You can search for it or you can go to iFanboy.com. There'll be a link to subscribe to it. But if you want to catch it, you have to subscribe to it. It won't appear on your feed like the other shows do. Correct. It's a lot of shows. Yeah, but the, the Don't Miss is shorter. It's about 10, 15 minutes. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a short it's show. It's not easy to listen to. Yeah. People have been missing it and asking where it is and it's on a separate feed. That's yes. what it is. I actually asked the same question because I forgot. <laughs> What's up on my iTunes? Oh, right. Search. And boy, don't miss. <laughs> All right. So before we get to the show, another quick re- reminder warning is this is a review show. So we'll be talking about the books this week. There'll probably be spoilers. So if you're sensitive to that sort of thing, pause the show, come back and done your books. Everyone will have a much better time at it. And there'll be a lot less yelling and consternation. Well, I don't know about that, that much less yelling and consternation. This you, you, you ruined my comic books and Thanksgiving. I hate all of you. <laughs> Every now and then, I think it's our duty to upset the apple cart. <laughs> well, Ron, it's funny because at the store, at my store this week, the guy asked what I, I thought you would pick. Yeah. And first, I said, "There's no telling what Ronald picks. There's no, there's no guessing. You can't predict it." Yeah. And I pulled up your pull list on my phone. I looked. At, I read it out loud. I said, you even no. texted me. You're like, you're like any any leaders. And I was, <laughs> yeah, because we were gonna bet. Uh, nice, you should. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that the front runner was gonna be Stumptown, but I knew that's not your kind of book. So I said, really, it's up in the air. It could be anything. And really, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that's and that's the thing is that not that. And we're gonna talk about Stumptown after this. And I'll take anything away. I did enjoy Stumptown. I'll save all our my comments till, till later on. But it, you know, it, it, it apparently I was wrong. All right. According to all of you, I, I, I got the pick of the week wrong, and I'm sorry. No, you get used um, to it. It's totally fine, dude. I know. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't even sweat it. In case you are haven't been going to ifanboy.com, didn't read my review, and didn't uh, see the the fire uh, and brimstone pointed at me in the comments section. Let's be real. You your fire and brimstone is nothing compared to what Josh and True. I received. Please, True, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing is is that I've cultivated this personality of of, of unpredictability and wackiness. It's, it's Ron so. the oddball. Yeah, exactly. So like every now and then I can throw this fork wall down the plate and I can get away with it. So I'm you got a- much much worse for Spider Man. And last Halloween than you did for yeah, yeah the short Halloween yeah yeah I did I did and apparently like I said in my review apparently I'm a sucker for these one off vanity projects that that's yeah. my thing so the the book that we're talking about is Lobo Highway to Hell number one from DC Comics and it's the uh, first issue of a two issue um, 
kind of one shotty kind of thing. Um, it's Pre- prestige format. Prestige, prestige miniseries. Format. Yeah, and that was another point of of contention. A lot of people really dislike the six ninety nine price tag, but let's get that out of the way first. Yeah, it's six ninety nine for sixty four pages. It's double size. Yeah. It's you know triple what? size of an average, almost triple size the average comic book. Average comic book runs twenty two pages for two ninety nine. Let's say two ninety nine. Well, not let's not even worry about three ninety nine. Well, no, with it's, ads it's three it's thirty two pages, so it's right, double yeah, the but size. Right, but I'm minusing of- the ads. There are no ads in this book, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh no, ads. So sixty four pages of all comics. So it's triple size. Okay, so it's triple the size of, an, of a normal comic book. If you bought three comic books, I did the math on the bus. If you did three comic books, that would be nine dollars mm-hmm. at two ninety nine, not even three ninety nine. All right. And so and, and historically, they they used to do a lot of these prestige editions. They, they yeah. cut way back on them. They have it. Historically, they cost five or six bucks before all the prices went up. So exactly, uh, it's almost like a, a mini trade, really. Yeah, that, that's what it is. I mean, so it's 64 pages is a lot, is a big chunk of content and no ads, better paper, better cover. I mean, this isn't going to get bagged and boarded. This is going to go up on my shelf, you know, and um, it's like in between the trade format and the uh, issue format. But uh, what makes this of note is that for most people, uh, the average people would notice that the writer of this book was Scott Ian. Um, and for those of you who uh, enjoy the metal or perhaps the married with children, or that's where you went with that or the various vh1 specials oh super group (laughs) damnocracy (laughs) god ian is the guy the basically the what the the sole founding member of anthrax left in the band anthrax he's the guy with the shaved head with the goatee um you you when you see him you'd recognize him guaranteed Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he wrote this comic book. Uh, so I know what you're saying, non-comic book writer, Hollywood, Kevin Smith, yada, yada. Um, but you know, I, I liked Anthrax. I'm not going to say I didn't like Anthrax, but that wasn't the draw for me. The draw for me was the, uh, the artist in the book was Sam Keith. Uh, and we did a, I did a Talksplode interview with Sam Keith back in May, I think. And he, he actually mentioned this book and, <laughs> and I'm still listening to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the boy can talk. And and what what really got me is that like Sam, you know, I've been reading Sam Keith for twenty years, and oh, Jesus Christ! Wow, I just yeah, uh, he's put uh, out that, he's put out three books since then. That was all. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, so two and a half. Yeah, he did. You know, I, ca- I I caught him first on Marvel Comics Presents with with Wolver- doing a Wolverine story. Then the great run on the Max uh, in the early nineties. Then he did Four Women and Zero Girl. And for the past ten years, he's been kind of toiling in this eccentric. Crazy man phase. Um, not that he's crazy, but you know, like the with books like Ojo and My Inner Bimbo, and with My Inner Bimbo, he actually started working with other artists, um, artists who share, you know, kind of the same kind of avant-garde kind of approach to comic book art. Um, but those books were, you know, black and white or smaller size or whatever. They didn't really showcase his art in the way that I loved his art. When this came out, I kind of cr- I knew it was coming out, and I cringed a little because you know, similar to when you pick up that oh, let's say that nineteenth Anthrax album. Uh, um, um, the the artists might not be as good as they once were, perhaps you know. And so there's always that worry. But when I opened this up, when I first when I saw the cover, I just I, with this like you know close up of Lobo facing down Satan, you know, with this you know kind of very painted, very stylized kind of piece of art. I said, oh maybe. And I opened the book up, and it was just it was just it blew me away. It was it was Sam Keith brought it, and it's the Sam Keith that I knew and know and loved. And it, 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 no joke, and I wrote this in my review, no joke, every page 
or every two-page spread, I probably spent about five minutes just pouring over it. Not, not to take anything away from Scott Ian, he wrote a Lobo story. I mean, I don't think writing a Lobo story is very difficult. You know, like he got the Bastille in there and he got, he worked in fish and he, you know, got the bad attitude and the drinking and the fighting. And there were a couple of good jokes. It wasn't poorly written, but by no means is this story going to win an Eisner. But um, I kind of wanted to celebrate the art with this book and just that, you know, it kind of reminded me of, of why, I, why I love Sam Keith's artwork. Big feet and all. There was a couple of, uh, you know, there was a couple of two-page spreads that were just, you know, you know, really just almost, you know, breathtaking in terms of that what he did, you know, in terms of playing with, you know, the the figures and playing with the the panel borders. You know, he's combining both his pencils as well as with paint. I don't, did you either guys see? I assume you guys didn't buy this, but did you see it in the store? Or? I read it. Oh, you read it? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, cool. So there, there's a, you know, a couple of um, a couple of panels where you can see the brush strokes. Along the edge, like the main, the first two with the what the frack, um, which predates Battlestar, you know, where these great, you know, kind of painted panel borders, you know, kind of separate the action. I don't know. It just each each page was a different reason to like Sam Keith because he goes in so many different directions, whether it's, you know, his really his kind of pulled back, very simple cartoony style or his really, uh, you know, up close, you know, very detailed, you know, very, you know, messy um, kind of art style. I want I, in my review, I highlighted uh, Lee Lowridge's colors. Who Lee Lowridge, by the way, is on a tear. Have you noticed yeah. that? I mean, yeah, he's you know he's he's always been one of the better colorists, but kind of got unsung. But just this past month, I mean, his name's like on every book, um, including X Men Forever. I think uh, <laughs> apparently he's my personal colorist. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, long story short, it just it just Sam Keith reminds me of what kind of challenging border as close to modern art and comics that I like. And again, art is subjective. I mentioned this in my review. I fully know that there are people who are going to open this up and not not be able to handle it. And I don't mean handle it like in a in a pretentious way like oh you can't handle it. It's just like it's just not for them. You know, everybody likes different styles and I imagine we're going to talk about that when we talk about Stump, Stumptown, but um for me I just it just reminded me of why I love the Max, it reminded me of why I love him and I just wish that Sam Keith would do this more often. Mm-hmm. That's Once my- I saw it was Sam Keith I knew that it made sense when I first saw the yeah. Pick. I went. I went. <laughs> but then, and then I oh, clicked yeah. on it. And I, for some reason in my head, I thought Bisley was the artist. For some reason, I don't know why. Interesting. And so I, I was really confused. But then I saw Sam Keith's name, and I went, oh, "Okay, yeah, there we. I understand." Yeah, uh, I wasn't going to read this with a ten foot pole, though. <laughs> Did you just not, lo- not not like Lobo, or I hate Lobo. <laughs> the Wolver- I hated Lobo in the nineties. I hate. I've hated him. What's the 20- Wolverine of the DC universe? Yeah, <laughs> he's a joke that went too far. We were doing vaudeville. He was. He was. A, he was made as a joke. He was created as a joke to to parody all the grim, grim and gritty antiheroes of the day, and it, it became became somehow serious. And yeah. just went I like the far. monkeys. Well, this, well, this was definitely yes. this was definitely uh, more on the on the fun side of it, not the serious side of it. No, I, I just don't. I don't like Lobo. Yeah, oh, fair I enough. Don't like. I hate Lobo. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like Sam Keith. Yeah, same. I mean, the art the artwork borders lines on insane, and that's and kind of like for me that I, I, I there's something about that 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 resonates with me. Something about that that I like. Um, I'm guessing Josh did like. This. If you like this kind of artwork, then you will like this book. Yes, that's basically it. Because I was actually there's some really impressive pages in here to look at. And it's funny because he changes style from page to page, kind of. Yeah. So some of the pages were uh, were really impressive, and some of them, you know, were in a completely different style. I, I can appreciate it, and I think like I was like, well, some of this looks really nice, but I was not at all interested in what it was saying, like from a right. story standpoint. It was like you said, it wasn't bad. I just 
I don't care. I mean, yeah, I mean it's also sort of stupid. I mean, it's Lobo going to going to find Satan like for I, no reason. In the beginning, Lobo gets a message to say call from Satan, call me. So he goes into goes to hell mm-hmm. to find Satan. Makes no sense. No, yeah, sense. but not only that, yeah. but I mean, just from just from the standpoint is, is literally a character talking to himself for 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 yep. twenty pages and making sure to like to use all the catchphrases. Yeah, and I I got very tired. Like I I read about halfway through it, and then I sort of just flipped through the end. I was like, uh, all right, good enough. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's not worth it. But I wouldn't want to spend seven bucks on it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's worth it if you're into it. It's totally fine, and it's a it's a fine pick. I think that that highlights something that, that you really like. And I think you know a lot of people like Sam Keith. There's a reason that, that he's known for that, and I, you can see why in this issue. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the best sort of. Uh, it's it's it was an interesting uh, editorial choice, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, well, that's the, that's the tough thing is that because of the nature of the week, admittedly, you know, looking at the week and at least it wasn't a strong, it wasn't a it strong was week. Not a strong it week could have been any book. Now that is not to, now it was, and and don't get me wrong, don't think that like I a I did not agonize over this pick that I did not stand there with one hand with Stumptown in one hand and and Lobo in the other hand and. It, that I did not, you know, like I clearly saw how many people were loving Stumptown and not to take away from it. It was a very, very close fine line between it. But the thing was, is that Stumptown was really, really good. And the story was great. Rucka is great. Matthew Southworth, I, I really enjoyed his art. But it, it, it not that it left me, it, it left me wanting more, but it left me feeling incomplete. Like I didn't feel like it was a, it was amazing first, you know, complete issue. It was the first issue of a story that I will continue to read that was really, really good. But ultimately, what got me gave what gave me the most time that I that I enjoyed personally was Lobo, and that's what gave it the edge. Makes, uh, makes complete complete yeah, sense. Sure, but that said, Sumtown was great. Sumtown Pick of the week. I, I it was a five it was a five star book as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. And then we'd actually mentioned the the fir- the don't miss talks about don't miss. Our first yeah. one was with Greg Rucka talking about Stumptown for for you know. 13 minutes or so this is the first issue of an ongoing series uh, sort of an, an ongoing series of minis basically this will be a, a four issue story and then they'll take a little break and then they'll do four more so it's like four months on four months off kind of thing so that they don't get behind as he was loath to do what's happened with queen and country with art by matthew southworth a name that most of you probably won't know he's done a lot of inking work here and there he's penciled a couple of things uh, like he's a name they're gonna know after this like i, this I would like think he- so yeah, he just he just catapulted up the charts. It's very Michael Lark. Yeah, yeah. I really think that I think he killed on this. I was really surprised because I had only seen the little tiny preview comic that we'd gotten a long time ago, and it was hard to get how that was going to work. I mean, it was all in black and white, and this was going to be colored by Lee Lowridge again. Yeah. And I really, you know, with a book that was a lot of people standing around and talking. And basically, a lot of acting with face and body. I was I was really impressed. I was like, "This is great!" And like the cars were drawn really well. And that first, I don't know, two or three pages in, there was a two page spread. Beautiful the of bridge. the bridge. And then oh. there was like a little panel thing that happened with a bird flying away after a gunshot. So good. And I was just like, "That is that is yeah. fantastic." And so it was like this. It was very expressive on one hand, but like all the structure stuff the bridges the cars and things were all very technically well drawn too it's funny that as i was as i was reading stumptown all i could think of is, is like is like this is like josh porn oh i mean literally it was yeah. everything i want in a comic book i was i yeah. was so happy to read it and further that like it was a new story from greg rocka the kind of story that you know it's a pi and and i thought it was down, really inter- down and out female pi in yeah. portland that's i thought it was really interesting that he made and on the on the don't miss podcast he made the point that this is it has noir elements but he doesn't consider it a noir book it's not noir it which isn't. is great which is great yeah it's a, it's a pi book yeah which is awesome it's, i mean we, we've, we've heard the story 
in every interview, but it's it's him doing Rockford Files. He said yep. it in everything he's, ta- he's mentioned. It's it's him doing fun '70s PI stories, which is not noir. It's there's there's a lot of humor in it. It's serious, but also not too serious, and it's it's very it feels very much like James Garner's going to walk on. Mm-hmm. Which would be amazing, because is he dead? It would be amazing. He's not dead. Oh, he's not dead? Why do I always think he's dead? I don't know. I like the vibe of it a lot. I, I, I felt, I gave it five stars, and I felt like Ron, there was something slightly missing from it. Yeah. It really kept me from really, really loving it, and it kept, made me only nearly love it, you know, one time. But uh, And then fall asleep. And then fall asleep. No, no cuddling. <laughs> That's awful. Um, <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was interesting and good, and I'm, I'm really curious to see where it goes. The art, I, I was really impressed by the art a lot, and I was impressed by the writing. It was very snappy, and it was kind of Rucka. You only get on his indie stuff, where you can really tell oh, he's really getting a yeah. kick out of writing. Writing it was, the dialogue, it, you know, it was there. having read uh, through a lot of Gotham Central recently. Like it mm-hmm. was that kind of feel again, and it was, you know, I, I read through Queen and Country again lately, and it's just like, oh, this is, and he does fine superhero work. It's fine, but I re, he really shines for me when he does this kind of stuff. Yeah, good. Yeah. So there you go. That's no, a, I, I just hope it comes out of time. That's all I hope. Uh, well, apparently they they weren't going to put it out until it was all done, right? I mean, is that the plan? I hope it, it should it should be four months, right? It's no. not done. It's not. I nice, think. awesome. Exactly. Yeah, so that's that's the only problem with the movie, <laughs> is that issue took two years to make. Yeah, uh, it was good though, damn good. <laughs> Very accurate Mustang drawing, by the way. I give Matthew credit. We well, did at- you read the little little essay in the back? We yeah. talked about all the technical work you did on on locations and stuff. That was well, it, we're analyzing the in my store. We're analyzing the Mustang and comparing it, the the gas cap to 64, 65, 66, 67 uh, Mustangs. So yeah, he got it right. He did good. So. All right. So yeah, so Stumptown, it was it was damn good. Five stars. I, I'm there. I'm there for the ride. So I hope it's not late either. I did pick up another number one issue, Black Widow: Deadly Origin, which I had high hopes for because it um, uh, Paul Carnell, one of uh, one of my favorite writers, uh, writing. This it. was a book I was totally going to pass by until I saw that Paul Carnell was the writer. And then yeah. I decided yeah. To yeah, exactly. And I think he's a great writer, but for me, reading this was like getting a big bowl of pasta and putting barbecue sauce on it. Because the art chores jump between Tom Rainey and John Paul Leon. Well, those are just two distinct different styles. And I don't actually like Rainey that much. And I just wanted more Leon. And if this book was just all John Paul Leon, I would have been over the moon. I agree exactly with what you're saying. It was too jerky. It just well, put me in two different directions. I, I don't think the Rainey stuff was that good. No, it wasn't. No, it, it, it was not good. Was it, it was, and I, I remember him as being. He was. I don't. I don't know. I remember him as being better. I guess, but there was sort of a Many lack years of. Ago. There was a lack of of re- when he was refinement. on like Stormwatch and stuff. Or was yeah, there was a lack of backgrounds. There was things like that, and I was really like, oh, "This is kind of too bad." Because I, I mean, I was enjoying the story. I, I really enjoyed the story a lot. I liked fact. the story a hell of a lot. The more, story was really good. But then when they switched to John Paul Leon, like I was yeah. like, "That is a special book." Yeah, but exactly. only that part. And then when they went back, it was like, oh. Why would you? I mean, I, I I get the idea. Okay, the the artist for the for the for the present, artist for the past. Mm-hmm. But the when the styles are so different, and it's such a jerk, and uh, I mean, I, a jerk by movement in a different direction, not a yeah. person is a jerk. And and when the art just is not on the same level, like I that's I, more I like, what it is. It wasn't the styles. Why you, yeah. Why do you work against yourself that way? Mm-hmm. You know. It wasn't. I don't. Think I loved. It was the I loved Winter Soldier with the old rickety arm. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. There were, I mean, there were some fine pages in there. I mean, like yeah. that was, I was like, oh, right, John Paul Leone. Yeah, like, he's awesome. Stuff. He's, but story-wise, it was a great little spy story. But, the, but I know – I keep forgetting I know very little about Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. And I keep forgetting that she is 
born in the 1920s and she's like Captain America and Nick Fury. And she's oh, yeah, no, and she's a Romanov. I, she's, I just yeah. keep forgetting that. You know, every time I am reminded of it, I forgot here. And I was, yeah. So it's always nice to learn about characters like that. And I like Black Widow. She's a cool character. Oh, and, and just story-wise, I thought it was really well done. You know, that Russian World War II stuff and the sort of between the 20s and the 40s is fascinating. You know, Stalin shows up and you're just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. um, that was a really good, good first. I, th- I still think it's worth picking up. I do as well. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna keep reading it. It's just it's just the the rainy stuff hurts. That's yeah. all. Yeah. What are you gonna though. do? I'd say that there is. I would say that at this point, there's no book I'm looking forward to more each week than when I see the Mighty comes out, which by the way seems to come out every two weeks or something. Got like two more issues. Yeah, and, and it's like the one I am totally looking forward to. This was the big reveal of what the deal is behind Alpha One. What would you think, Connor? I liked it. I liked that we found out that he wasn't just like maniacally evil he thinks he's doing the best thing for humanity and in the course of that he's got to do some evil things and he almost treats humanity like bugs mm-hmm. that he's got to save it's not like when he flies through somebody it's not because he wants to kill them it's just because they happen to be in his way and it's more important he gets where he's going than he flies around with somebody you know <laughs> and i like that there's more depth to the character and that and he's just he's not just you know crazy evil guy he's he's guy who thinks doing he's doing the right thing but also is doing evil at the same time we yeah. found it here. He's an alien from another planet. He's, he came down to the American Revolution, which I thought was a great scene. <laughs> it is interesting that they were standing so close to one another. I was like, what an unlikely <laughs> scene point, for him to pop up. He came from another planet, like kind of like Krypton, where everybody had powers, but they, the planet did it die. What happened? Oh, they, they, they ended up it just social engineering each other. and oh, they, He wanted to thin the population by 10%, which already shows his bit of madness way back then. And he was sent off planet and landed on Earth in the middle of the American Revolution, literally in the middle of a battle, killed everybody in the battlefield. And then hit out for, for the centuries until he made himself known. And his new plan is now to introduce superpowers to the populace and cut it way down. So he's he's sort of a evil social engineer, mm. which I liked. I really wish I had jumped on this earlier. Now I got to wait for the trade. It's just because uh, hearing you guys talk about it, it just sounds really great. It, the uh, thing is, like throughout the whole thing, even though it's, it's still creepy, it's, I don't know it, what no, it is. Totally yeah. But there's just a foreboding sense of creepiness on every page of this book, and it is. Oh, it's really it is really something special, and it's it's really been built up, you know. In, in and a Sam great way. kicked ass on it too. Yes, he did, and I'm guessing Lee Lowridge. I don't really know who colored it, but <laughs> Lee Lowridge colored all the books. I wouldn't be surprised. Really. John Calise. No, it's got a really nice coloring palette. Like it's a little simpler than a lot of books, which which fits nicely with the art. Yeah, One of really. The Really well, well, well done book. Yeah, creepy. And also, speaking of other books where the art kicked ass, I thought the art in Captain America Reborn number four was really good. I thought Hitch had some great big, big splash pages. And I'm really enjoying this mini. I know a lot of people aren't, but I think with every issue, I enjoy it more. Well, I got to say, um, I, I haven't been loving it. I've been enjoying it. Um, I, I, again, I don't understand why it's a mini and not in just Captain America. Well, that's America. a whole other. But, I think yeah, it's, it's a, a whole, disaster how. Yeah. It's a disaster how. It's been marketed and handled, and yeah, but tried to turn it to a big event, and it wasn't. And they, but yes, so in that in that way, you know, I've been kind of mild about it. But hey, you give me Red Skull in full Nazi costume, and I'm right there. The well, you green, know what's the funny was suit. Oh, it was great. You know what's funny is, uh, you know, in Captain America, we loved how Red Skull and Armin Zola and, and Doctor Faustus would argue with each other. And the only yep. way to make that better was to drop Doctor Doom in the middle of it, and it just got better. Yeah, <laughs> and then now you had now you had Doctor Doom added to the whole uh, who's who's smarter and who's more clever and great, and they just bicker with each other. That was fantastic. And yeah. so then the whole reveal is that they use Sharon to reanimate Steve Rogers' body with Red Skull's personality in his brain. So now Norman Osborn has his own Steve Rogers, but with with the Red Skull yeah. at, the, at the helm. I like this a lot. That's going to be an issue. 
we want to thank Iverse Comics for sponsoring the phone. Uh, Iverse is a good way for you to get sponsoring the phone. Let me, let me start over with that. <laughs> yes, they they sponsored my phone. I have a sticker on it. Uh, I'll totally will put a sticker on my phone. By the way, if anyone's out there. <laughs> We want to thank iVerse Comics for sponsoring the show. iVerse is a way that you can get comics on your iPhone or touch with titles from all sorts of publishers. And the best thing is now the app, which was formerly a paid app, is now free. And you can buy comics through the app instead. But there's a lot of free number one first issues that you can you can sample on there and see how it goes. So if you have an, an iPhone or a touch, then you can do it that way. And it's free. So go to the iTunes store and search for iVerse and you'll, it'll come up. And we are still giving away an uh, iPod touch or I- iverse is and what you need to do is you need to go to twitter you'd be on the twitter and you need to send a message that ha- that has an at iverse comics and at ifanboy and say you want the touch and uh there you go but also you know make sure you go to the website and you check out the stuff and if you if you have a, a compatible device check that out there is a lot of really good content on there and issues are somewhere between 99 cents and two dollars depending on what, you, what it is you're getting you have no excuse not to try it because it's right there you can try whatever and they're gonna have the archie wedding so there you yeah. go archie wedding can't yeah. beat that and if you're that's it that's the end of the ad. So thank exactly. you, Tyvers. <laughs> and I is... already sent a tweet out about that. I'm yeah. excited. I think yeah, I don't think you're eligible. Fuck. Sorry. All right, on to the other books. So the last issue of the Strange Tales and Marvel anthology came out. I just wanted to note this because fantastic two-page Jeffrey Brown story. That was a great story, but if I can use a crude sexual metaphor, I think this book shot its low in the first issue. Uh, I would say the second issue. Uh, the I, I love the first highlight. issue. I the second yeah. issue was okay. Well, this issue, I thought, had one or two good stories. The rest were like really not good. Well, well this one had had a lot of really long stories that you know, like there was a Stan Sakai Hulk as samurai story, which it was I mean, bad. yeah, I mean, you know, I know Josh loved it, but I, I, it was all right. Um, I don't read I, that book anymore. <laughs> I actually really did like Corey Lewis's long shot story. Um, I, didn't, I did not like that story. Oh, I liked it. Um, then Jeffrey Brown does a fantastic two page story of the Fantastic Four playing pranks on people. That was very funny. <laughs> Which was just great. <laughs> I'm just invisible, this invisible woman blows off a guy's toupee, and Mr. Tasker gets his hand caught in a taxi door. And that was the best uh, one. Of the taxi drives off, and his arm goes long. <laughs> human torch prints to be on fire, so Iceman will save him. And then they say, "What's the wrong thing? Why don't you pull a prank?" And he flips the car over. And they're like, "What the hell? You pay for that." Yeah, it was uh, funny, but the, I, I thought that was good, and I the, thought the story by Jay Stevens was mad. The whoever did the the nonsense in the middle, uh, I yeah, mean, I like alternative art. What is the cupcake by Chris Chua? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I saw what he was trying to do, but I didn't like it. That uh, was no good. So neither was the Punisher story, like the Japanese Punisher story. Yeah, the Punisher story wasn't so good. Uh, Peter Baggy, you know, if you like Peter Baggy, you probably enjoy. But I could have. It should have been a lot shorter. Make that an issue. I did like the Kupperman Avenger story. That was fun. Nightcrawler Molecule Man by Paul Horshemeyer was all right. Um, I did like Becky Clunan's uh, Namor story, though. I did not like that yeah, story. I enjoyed it. So, yeah. I mean, I hear what you say. But th- this, for this issue, it was all about the Jeffrey Brown one. It was good. Yeah. But it's only two pages out of, you know, 48. So that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's all Gosh. Ron needs to hang his hat on. Really? That's it. <laughs> like, yeah, I liked a little of it. Cinderella from Fable Town with Love, number one, came out from Vertigo, which is sort of a side series. I have no idea if it's an ongoing or not, actually. It's by Chris Robertson, who is sort of – he's in like a, a, a writer's collective with both Matt Sturgis and Bill Willingham called Clarkwork Storybook, I think. And so he's, he's buddies with them, and they've been writing together on stuff for a long time. 
it's basically a story about Cinderella from Fables, who is she's like their spy. She's their like like deep undercover spy. Yeah, it's actually it's a really it's a character I really like. For me, the standout in this is is the art um, by Sean McManus, whose name sounds familiar to me, but I can't think of what he it used is to do. Done. DC work, he did Aquaman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Really nice, sort of iconic, uh, cartoony kind of work. I have a really well done book, really attractive. This is the kind of art that I like. If think also fits really well with these kind of stories. The only thing about it that that you might wonder about is when this takes place, because Fable Town still exists in this case of this story, and they don't really say, and so it's best not to dwell on that and just read the story and enjoy it. It was fun. It so was, we got was, three Fables books now. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I said I don't know how long this this one goes for. It says it's called. I think from Fable Town with Love is part of the title, so it might just be a mini. Somebody will say. I hope it's a mini. My God, why do you it's care? Like, it's, it's, it's like an X Men book. <laughs> I'm just busting your balls. I'm kidding. So Amazing Spider-Man number 610 came out, and uh, we've ha- been so lucky to have an amazing year of fantastic Spider-Man stories ever since. Two Brand- years. They started. Two years. Two- Has it been two years? My God. Yeah. Two years of amazing. Um, and this officially is the first awful arc that I cannot wait till it ends. And it finally you know what's ends. the best thing about it? It it's ended. That yeah, was exactly. Exactly. It was. <laughs> it was, it was totally a flip through. I was. I got about Horror. halfway, and I was like, you know what? There's a reason everyone hates the freaking Clone Saga. Oh, poor Mark Guggenheim going out on a bad note like this. But um, and then, and then he got kicked off the show he was working on. It's just oh he's God. had a bad. It's not good bad. for Mark Guggenheim. But and and the other thing, which probably isn't his fault, but don't split the art chores in this way either. I mean, the art was split between Marco Cecchetto and Luke Ross and Rick Magar, and it just kept on throwing. I felt like I felt like I was on a bumpy car ride. I'm all about analysis. I also couldn't tell who anybody was at any given time. Yeah, the three oh, main awful. characters all look the same. Yeah, so it's over. Thank God. Thank God. It was a bad misstep, but Joe Kelly comes back next week with art from Eric Canetti, so that's exciting. Yeah, but but you know the problem with that, though. Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever. I'm, I can I'm deal with that. that. Yeah, well, Joe Kelly and Deadpool's, Eric Canetti. And also, yeah. is Joe Kelly doing Deadpool? Didn't you, didn't yeah, exactly. you do a whole but, video yeah. show about how that was good? I know, but really, do we need more Deadpool? I mean, God, how many books are they going to put out? My God. Do you realize the irony... It's just stripping. It's stripping yes, from you. Of course. I get, um, you don't think I'm aware of the irony? So in, <laughs> sure. in San Diego, we talked to the DC people, and they mentioned Sweet Tooth to us. They told us this book was coming out from Jeff Lemire, and we all like Jeff Lemire. And they said, by the time you get to issue three, it's going to blow your mind. And this was issue three, and my reaction is, oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> nothing else happened that didn't happen in the first two issues. <laughs> yeah. and it really didn't. It was no different. And with this issue, I officially moved the trade because I was waiting yeah. for the third to see if something extraordinary would happen, and it didn't. Yeah, and it's it's, it's fine. It's great. You, you know, it's 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 just it's too thin. And I'm seeing a lot of this reaction on a fanboy on the discussion page is that there's not enough happening to support reading it in issues. It's, it's, just, mo- it's, it's moving slowly. It's moving yeah. slowly. Yeah. And uh, I also really wish it was black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep reading an issue just because now I'm used to getting a monthly Jeff Lemire fix. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it is moving very slowly. Yeah. They went what like a block. Do? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they were outside. At the end, they were inside. <laughs> it's like all star Batman around. <laughs> exactly. Or she's the driver of the Batcave. Uh, there was a screwed up dream sequence though, with little with a with thinly veiled Bambi reference, which is amazing. no. It was good. It's just yeah. it's just it's just too thin for a monthly. Yeah. And I don't understand why this was supposed to be the blow away your mind issue. But. Yeah. 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 But I still love the art. I, I love the art. I mean, I, I gave it you know four strong stars. But yeah. A surprise for me this week was uh, X Men Origins Iceman. <laughs> Irony coming back. <laughs> Irony um, alert. Because <laughs> one uh, thing that Ron's been wondering is like, wait a minute, where did this Bobby Drake come from? No, but I'll, t- Bell. I'll tell you. <laughs> Irony <laughs> Bell. Oh, great. So we need. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. But, but, but here's but here's the thing about it is that um, <laughs> you snorted. Is that. Um, <laughs> 
I, I haven't been buying these these origin minis and one shots they've been doing. Like pretty much my you know dis, despite the irony, my X Men book purchases are pretty much contained to Uncanny X Factor, you know X Force, New Mutants, and that's it. Like just the you know the kind of core ones. I don't do. I didn't buy the Psylocke book that came out this week. I didn't you know like I'm not doing the little one offs and things like that. Stop but, with your um, excuses. What about the book? Phil Noto. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Yeah. Holy I almost crap. bought it for him, but so oh, oh my god. It was it it was just I mean, and the, he's coming up with the Ryan Azarello with the Batman and the and the Doc Sam no not Doc Savage. Sam. That's next week. Doc Doc Savage? Savage? Yeah. yeah. Get that. Just <laughs> purely for the art. I mean, like, you know that book that's coming out there, but yeah, the, yeah. Get, yeah, that. get that. Uh, <laughs> Phil Noto, my God, the man, the man is great. He's and this art was just beautiful. It was so serene and just like and and it was you know Bobby Drake's. But let's be honest, Iceman's got a pretty boring uh, origin. He's, he's he's still been neglected. I mean, I haven't read the X Men books in a while. But no, he's, he's not. He's, he's not a big deal at all. Yeah, yeah. he's the one neglected X Men. Yep, he is. He shouldn't be. He's cool. He was the second X Men. Um, but he great, should, great Cyclops in the story. Great. He should uh, be the Human Torch of the X Men. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, but but without the personality, he's an accountant for Christ's sake. <laughs> That's not good. Anyway, so yeah, so if you like good art, I mean, for me, this is like an art week, and and Phil Noto just really capped it for me. Tom Cater is an accountant. He is, and he's funny. He's funnier than I am. <laughs> That's what we thought of this week's books, but it's not all about us. He likes to take a. <laughs> it's not all about us. <laughs> it's not all about us. <laughs> Our own show. We like to take a look at what you, the listeners, think about these books. So we, we get some from the website and take a look at them. And the first one's from Comic Book Chris, who reviewed Haunt number two and gave the story a three out of five and the art a five out of five. And zero percent of the iFan base picked this as a pick of the week. And Comic Book, book Chris says, say what you will about ridiculous image plots and stories, but those books are usually always vehicles for amazing art. And Haunt is no different. Ryan, uh, uh, he gave the story a five, art a five out of five. All right, that makes sense. Sorry, I was reading something else. Put the magazine down. <laughs> He's reading Sports <laughs> Illustrated. I, for some reason, got, thought he'd give the art a three out of five, so I went to check it while I was reading. Make sure. <laughs> Say what you will about ridiculous image plots and stories. These books are usually always vehicles for amazing art, and Haunt is no different. Ryan Otley has proven and invincible that he can draw some pretty shocking, captivating art, and in Haunt, he cranks the shockiness up to 11. As all the brutal decapitations and vivisections are wonderfully displayed in these pages, you can argue that this book is strictly style over substance, but there's a good chance that you already knew that while buying this book. These I didn't buy I, bu- I bought it and more, it was more of the same. I mean, it was, it was almost like it was – I had to check to see if it was photocopied from issue one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that said, I mean, it, I could see Otley a little more than I could in the last issue. I think McFarlane kind of reined it back a little, but not that much. And the story, you know, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> It's a comic book. By the way, let's all just take a moment, bow your heads in silence, because Mayhem's over. Yes, issue three came out. Issue three, three came out this week, and I did not buy it. Mayhem. Did you buy two? No, I didn't buy two. Oh. <laughs> well, no, what was great? Yeah, I bought one. Yeah, I didn't. I flipped through two, but yeah. I, yeah, I saw it on the rack, though. I thought about it. But Mayhem. Mayhem. All right. Uh, our next review comes from Grifter78, who uh, not surprisingly reviewed Authority number 16, uh, gave the story a 3 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5. And at the time of this recording, 7% of you made this your pick of the week. Well, um, shocking. Which, yeah, exactly, because I didn't even know this was being published. Abnett Landing. Uh, yeah, uh, and so Grifter78 says it's kind of like getting to that point in an action movie where you know things will probably work out, but you've got that last battle scene to get through. At this point, with Abnett and Landing having one issue left, I'm not sure what they're going to do next. We've still got Midnighter's side story, which looks like he'll be the focus of the next issue, but I hope it's not something that is resolved quickly. Speaking of Midnighter, everyone will love the final page in this one. I promise it's something fans have been asking about since World's End began. 
<laughs> I didn't even know World's End began. Both of you. <laughs> what? I didn't say anything. <laughs> no. Let's the authority. The authority ended oh. uh, in 2001, right? Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. With, yeah. uh, but apparently, there's a whole undercurrent of you people who are still reading it. Just amazing. I don't know Apparently. why you guys aren't reading it the way you uh, you worship Abnett and Lanning. I because, we do worship. Yeah. Because for me, the authority ended. Like I I read the authority up through Ellison Miller, and then I tried yep. it for a little while every, after that. And everybody who took it over after that, regardless of how much I liked that, you know, I had Didn't Brubaker we, do some of it. Brubaker, Garth Ennis, Joe Casey, everybody yeah. had their hands on it. And I've never liked a single authority story since the initial run, and that's why I don't. I'm just I don't read it. It's actually going to tie into a question later on, so. Oh. Pocket that. Put it in the pocket. Wrap it up. Stick it in. Pull it out later. <laughs> then take a nap. <laughs> All right. <laughs> take a nap. Wake up. Make a sandwich. <laughs> Back to sleep. So if you head over to iFanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the comics come out every week. Do your uh, do your pull list, and you can rate and review your comics, and we might re- read one of your reviews on the show. And if you need to get your comics, and you don't have a good comic book store in your town, or there's a long drive to one, or you just you re- you want to look for some good discounts, you definitely got to check out Discount Comic Book Service. They're a great website that provides mail-order comic book subscriptions, so you can pick your comics, and they mail them to you every week or month. You, you pick the frequency. They've got monthly specials of up to 75% off stuff. Normally, they've got about 40% off all the major publishers, flat rate shipping, $5.95 on all U.S. domestic orders. So no matter how much you order, it's $5.95, that's it. You can get anything that comes out in previews, and they've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock. Go to dcbservice.com. You can track all your orders there. You can sign up there. They're a great uh, comic book outfit that want to help you save on your books. So go to dcbservice.com. My, uh, Somebody on iFanboy today said they yeah. – not today, but this week said they their store closed down. So they, they thanked God for DCBS. Yeah, that was the, my, my, my boy Doug, my artist on one of my projects. Yeah. He's uh, his, his shop closed sad day but that happens happens to you check out dcp service all right josh here we go this is one now take it out of your pocket i will open it up it's out and look at that it's like christmas it's like christmas on the podcast (laughs) email rob or rofo on the website said i recently read sleeper seasons one and two and boy were they great i'm otherwise completely unfamiliar with the wildstorm universe are there any other wildstorm runs worth picking up especially ones in the same vein as sleeper p.s keep up the awesome thank you we will Wow, that was this is just a softball, Josh. This is right yeah, down the middle. Yeah, uh, you, you know, the, the, when you want to talk about Wildstorm stuff, there was you know a couple of months ago I made or well, it was a while. I just later. realized you're the Wildstorm guy. Yeah, kind of. Uh, wow. we, we had there's a couple of really good Wildcats runs. There's a couple of great runs in Wildstorm's history. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah. when you originally sort of the original team for it is Wildcats, which is Jim Lee's thing. Now I I didn't read it way back when, but I have read Alan Moore's Wildcats run with a, a lot of artists, notably Travis Charest and and a couple of other guys. And that was book of the month at one point, so that's a really good and thing. And you'll James find Robinson's run just came out in trade right. as well, which featured Travis Shere as well, which was which I forgot was almost as good as Moore's, if not a little better, because the art was a little more stable. Yeah, I haven't read that, so I can't speak to it, but um, I wouldn't doubt it. Then when you want to go a little further, Joe Casey did what I think is the finest work of his career on his run of Wildcats, which was Wildcats Volume Two. And then a little bit of Wildcats Volume Three, which actually got canceled before it got the chance to end. So you know, have that as a as a precursor. But the first half of it is with Sean Phillips on art, and it is is a fantastic, uh, fantastic thing. And later, I believe he got uh, Dustin Gwynn, who does um, not Detective now, but whatever the the book is with Paul Dini. Didn't didn't Wildcats lead into Sleeper? Yeah. yeah. Well, the the, the Tau yeah. came out of Alan Moore's run. Yep. He was right. created great in that character, run. Great character. Moving along, there's the Warren Ellis 
uh, probably my favorite superhero stuff that Warren Ellis has ever done, which yes. was the Stormwatch run, which went into his 12 issues of The Authority, drawn by Brian Hitch. So, Epic. I, I mean, Epic. this, yeah. I mean, this is as good as it gets for superhero comics. A total then, redefining of everything that came after it and really had a lot of impact on stuff that happened in the 2000s. Following that was Mark Miller and Frank Quitely. And then yep. uh, there was another artist uh, after that for a little while. And then there was a lot of authority stuff that came after, but nothing that ever, ever came close to those. Nothing masked Warren Ellis's. Mark Miller's wasn't as good either, but no. still yeah. good. But it was good because Jack, uh, Jack Kirby was the villain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah. Those are, you know, and those are, I think, all still available in trade. Planetary as well. Yeah. Which I, just I, ended. Yeah. I love Planetary. When I read that, I loved it as much, if not more, than it's, Authority when, when it came out. That was that was Warren Ellis and John Cassidy mm-hmm. and the final issue just that just came out after three years. And that's uh, probably I'd probably wait till that's collected in the final trade, I guess, or you know. But yeah, but you can you could start on volume one and, and I've never read Planetary now that it's all done, I might give it a shot. But I'm gonna go out on I'm gonna go out on a limb here with a more recent Wildstar book that was good that you can pick up and trade by a surprising right uh, at least coming from me uh, Gail Simone's Welcome to Tranquility I really enjoyed that that was a Wildstorm book it's about a superhero kind of retirement is it, community is it part of the Wildstorm universe Yeah I think I think so I mean it's a Wildstorm book right I mean you'll find that the people who are there's a lot of Wildstorm fans who are still reading stuff, you know, Gr- Grifter78, you know. There's a lot of people who have been reading Authority lately and said that the Abnett and Landing run has been really good. Yep. Uh, there's been a lot of reboots. Stormwatch PhD. Christos Gage. Christ- Christos Gage is running Stormwatch PhD. It was supposed to be very good, yeah. But, I, I, you know, I would come to that later. If you get to the end of that stuff that we talked about and you really want more, there's some, you know, you'll meet all the characters and there's some stuff that go from there. But there's, there's definitely stuff. They've, been, they've suffered from a lot of reboots that didn't really take. Yeah, the, the famous Grant Morrison years. reboot. Yeah, the yeah. one issue of Wildcats that came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but, there you go. I, I mean, the thing is, I, I have, I have a, so, I mean, I have a soft spot for Wildstorm, and I don't know why. Like, I follow because in two thousand they did a lot of great books. Yeah. yeah well, no, I, I mean, even in the nineties, I mean, I real, I enjoyed the hell out of. There was a time period from like after the image boom, kind of, you know, after the explosion happened in like ninety four, ninety five, through like ninety seven, ninety eight. There was that whole world of Wildcats and Gen thirteen and Team Seven and all. And backlash and all those characters that I was totally immersed in, you know, and I just I remember really really enjoying them. They created this whole great universe, and they sold the whole damn thing to DC, and it fell apart. But then they then they came back with authority and stuff like that. So Wildstorm keeps it's like uh, kind of waves, you know what I mean? Comes up and down. Don't ask me how or why, but I'm fast. I follow them on Twitter. I don't know. I don't even know why. I, <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth checking out at least those those Alan Moore and James Robinson Wildcats because those because I love Travis Charest. Those Joe Casey yeah. Wildcats. Awesome. Yeah, Joe Casey Wildcats is great. Are those collected? They, uh, uh, not all. I of believe them. a little bit. Not yeah, the whole. Not thing, all though. of them. Cereal boxes, I think, is the first yeah. first one. And, and, and again, I think I might have a trade of that actually. It's Sean Phillips. So if you like Sleeper, you know that's Sean Phillips too, isn't it? Yeah. And then there was also Point Blank, which was an early Ed Brubaker story that had to do with that stuff too. Is that in the Wildstorm universe? Should be. It's related yeah. to Sleeper and Sleeper. Is. Okay. Then, yeah, that probably is. All right. Cool. Yeah, I think I think Point Blank is a prequel. To sleeper, I've never read it. On, on there, there it is. It's out there. I think it just came out in trade. Yeah, yeah. I think the reissue just came out a couple weeks ago. I remember seeing it at the store. Aren't they making that to a TV show? Sleeper movie. Sleeper movie. Yeah. No, no, the TV show with the guy from Kinetti and Mark Valley. That's Human Target. That's oh, a DC I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, you're right. Have you ever read Sleeper? Yeah, sleeper. yeah I own okay, it. Good. What, what if you got it for me for Christmas? Okay, that would make sense. I think you did actually. Huh? Huh? <laughs> John Ferrigno writes and says. I was wondering what you guys thought about comic annuals. I used to love these when I was a kid. You'd get a nice extra long story along with some bonus backup stuff that was usually fun. Plus, it was a great place for events to take place. 
I could read stuff like the Evolutionary War, Atlantis Attack, stuff that crossed over into a lot of books, but the annuals allowed the different books to get involved in the event without trying to force it into the narrative of the regular monthly book. I seem to remember Marvel saying they were replacing annuals with a 13th issue a year of the regular book, but since so many books come out late or with a regular schedule, this idea seems to have fallen by the wayside. Did you guys enjoy the annuals back in the day, or were you glad to see them vanish? Do you think they'll ever return? They actually, they haven't vanished. They, well, they haven't vanished. Uh, they just annu- don't do them for every title anymore. Yeah, annuals, at least, I don't know, if officially, whatever, but uh, strictly speaking, Marvel and DC. I don't know if, any, if Dark Horse or Image or any of the other ones use the annual format or not, but it seems to me Marvel still keeps the annual torch alive by, hey, we want to put out a random issue that doesn't really count or anything, so yeah, here's it's an not, annual. It's not really yeah. annual. It's not like it comes yeah. out in March. Exactly, and and typically yeah, they used to be in the summer. You know, summer was it the summertime, I think, when all the Daniels would hit of yeah. all the titles, and you get them all. And he's bound. right. That's that's where the events took place. They used to happen outside of the main books that happened in the annuals. The heyday of the annuals in the eighties, like you mentioned, with Atlantis yeah. attacks and stuff like that, was that that was where it all happened. And the books, the books led up to the annuals, and then all the, all the annuals came out, and then you went back to the books. Like so, things like the whole New Mutants uh, Asgard thing um, happened in the annuals, and it t- it, it, it dropped off on, on the issue, went to the annual, picked back up in the issue, and it. Was I used to love it. I used to look forward yeah, to them yeah, so much. Angle. Yeah, when they were all. I'm again 2001 and 1991. That was a, yeah. that was an annual story. All the all the stories you know, took place in the annual. You know who uses the annual really well is Bendis. I mean, like yeah. you have the new Avengers annuals that have come out, and the Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man Avengers yeah. annual. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man annuals that come out have all been really good. They're always and, important. Yeah, like but but they were still outside of the whole thing. Like the one was was the Jessica Jones Luke Cage wedding. And then, you know, there was the really good, the first David LaFuente art that we saw. Yep, so yep. there's some really good examples of them. It's funny because yep. I think that with issues coming out and being like four bucks and also I could do, they just don't seem like people are sort of loath to buy a five or six dollar. They don't want to buy an extra book. Yeah. But they used to be really important and, and fun and, mm-hmm. and they, still, they still exist just not to the extent you don't come to the store one day and find 14 annuals on the shelf. You find right. one or two in the course yeah. of the year. But I don't think they're going to come back the way they were once no. they were. Yeah. So, the market's changed the whole sad. way. Everything's done has changed. Yeah. So, cool. All right. Well, if you have any insightful questions like that, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We get a ton of email from all of you folks, and we love it. So thank you uh, for writing in. That's contact.ifanboy.com. This episode of the iFanboy podcast is brought to you in part by Drawer Boxes from CollectionDrawer.com. The latest companion product for Drawer Boxes, Box Sort Upright Dividers, has been announced at CollectionDrawer.com. With these, Drawer Boxes become the Drawer Box Storage System, the industry's only complete organizational system for comics. For years, collectors have complained about their comics sliding around and falling over when a long or short box is only partially filled, sometimes causing bent issues and small cracks in the spine. Box Sort Upright Dividers actually hold comics upright in the box, keep it from sliding around no matter how few comics are in it, eliminating damage. And as the drawer fills, the divider can be adjusted by moving it back, accommodating any quantity. But here's the best part. By using multiple upright dividers in a drawer, collectors can create sections for each title, and if they prefer, create open spaces between titles so they have room to add more issues later. Have comics in a separate box because you haven't read them yet? Now you can create adjacent section for read and unread issues and simply move issues into the read section when you're done. No more shuffling comics from box to box. Box sort upright dividers can help collectors sort and keep their collection organized like they've never been able to do before. Drawer boxes are the strongest storage container made for comics. They can be stacked up to six high to maximize the square footage. And because they work like a drawer, every comic in your collection remains accessible by simply pulling a drawer open. Long and short drawer boxes can be combined and linked together with box locks, box anchors. Any configuration fit any space and remain secure with absolutely no tipping or slippage. And now the contents can be organized and sorted to meet the needs of any collector with each issue immediately accessible. Drawer boxes, box sort, upright dividers, box locks, box anchors are exclusive trademarks of the collection drawer company and are available 
at collectiondrawer.com. Be sure, to, be sure to mention iFanboy when you order. Yes. And I have to say that whew, if I was still had my boxes accessible, I would totally switch over. Uh, you know what? I was, I'm, listening, I'm listening yeah. to you read it, and I'm just thinking, I'm thinking Connor's loving this. Yeah. <laughs> Connor's thinking, you know what? I do want to do that. I do, and remember our our friend Augie from Comic Book Resources and Pipeline Podcast. He he did a whole re- reconstruction with his. He got rid of his long boxes and got drawer boxes, and he wrote an article about it. And we've seen them at cons. They're really cool. I would definitely, yeah. if I was still a long box guy, I would definitely convert. Yeah, I'm still a long box can, guy, you can just but pull I, them out. You can stack them, your boxes. Yeah. You can open the drawer and you can get your comics, as opposed to having to bring them all down. Yeah, figure out what's in each box. I need to do this. Yeah, hey, man, those are cool. I like these. Cool. All right, so our next voicemail, or our first voicemail, onto the voicemails. <laughs> our first voicemails uh, talking about a book that we only talked about for a brief period of time last week. Hi, this is Foley from Union City, California. I was calling to say that Guardians of the Galaxy was totally amazing, and I ended up shaking at the end of it. And thank God, a villain that's actually dangerous for all of how dangerous. Ultron was, or anyone the new Avengers have fought, at the end of the day, all the new Avengers are still alive. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, fighting the dangerous villains and saving the universe. Keep up the good work, iFanboys. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I think we, we sort of talked about it really quickly last week, but uh, it's, it's one of the things that's been going on in Guardians of the Galaxy is that... Wait, was that irony, or am I supposed to stop? It was a it was a Bell comic last week, so I thought I would end it. Thank you, early. thank you for that. I was looking for the irony; I couldn't find it. I know. I was like, "What did I say?" <laughs> no, but it's the last couple of pages last week. Then then knock you out, you know, because and I actually went back. I was like, "Wait a minute, how many characters died? What happened?" For a second, I thought everybody got killed, and I was like, "Oh <laughs> no!" But then I realized that that wasn't the case. But um, and that landing man is so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because that issue started out and I was like, I have no recollection of what had happened <laughs> before. And they they did. They because if you remember they they were stuck in this weird time thing. Yep, yep. And and everybody had aged and like it was, they were in like wacky land and they were with Kang and I was like I, but Well, they, no, what's great is that they were stuck in it's funny because they were stuck at a at this weird time thing and I didn't quite know which direction it was going to go in and how better to solve a weird time thing than Kang. Oh man, Kang! You know, Kang is I, the best. I don't mean to change the subject, but how about Kang's boots? Yeah, <laughs> I love Kang's boots. They go way up. Yeah, they go all the way up. We need more Kang in our life. Yeah, I need, but, to, I need to read Avengers Forever again. No, yes. but he's totally. It's one of the nice things about having that book that's off to the side that nobody will say really cares about. I mean, you know, in a way, like it, it's. Oh, I care about it. Well, they're, they're third string characters, so they right. can be killed, and they can things can happen to them. Yeah, they can have consequences that don't have ripples that affect other economic sources. Let's say, yeah. so they can really. But, but run then, with if, it. if you're dealing with a time based villain, you can kill people and then reverse. Yeah, the time. yeah, yeah. So. Things can still be changed back, even if it seems bad right now. Yeah. So I'm glad so, that he took he took a couple of minutes from his construction job off and uh, <laughs> so controlling um, the docks in Baltimore. Yeah. So uh, you should call and leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And people, you know, you got to step up with the voicemails here. They kind of, you know, we have, have didn't get that many this week, so we want to make sure that you know we get questions on the show. So call in, have your voice be heard. It feels as if that's our fault because we've been neglecting the voicemails. I think it has. So, we, you know, we are promising to do voicemails for the next month. There you go. I said you know it. what? No, it's your fault. I want better <laughs> voicemails. Yes. Yeah. None of these hour and a half tire. I was listening. I was watching show number 14. We don't remember show 14. Quality voicemails, people. Bring that's it. Right. We know you're good enough. It's your fault. So, yeah. Yeah. We should do an all chicks voicemail. So I have all the chicks call them. 
Yeah. Yes. This is an open call for women to call in with their combo question. <laughs> Connor. Call 1-888-FANBOYS. 1-888-326-2697. Leave your name, where you're from, and your phone number. And maybe a link to a picture. What? This, this, has, this, has, no, this has nothing to do with the comics, does it? Nothing at all. Oh, no. I'm just kind of bored. Anyway, uh, so yeah, call us. Uh, Are you bored? Website. Call iFanboy <laughs> at 888. We're fun we singles. We should record those commercials. That would be awesome. We're totally hey, going to do It's Ron from San Francisco. Who else is on the line? <laughs> it's a party line. Yeah, it's so. no. ASL. ASL. Well, let's not do this. All right, so a couple of weeks ago was Halloween. Yes. And you may recall we made a request for costume pictures like we did the year before. And, and if you were at iFanboy.com last week, you saw that. The post went up, so it'll still be there. If you sent in your photo and you didn't go to iFanboy, check it out. It's there. It'll be right at the top of the page, and we had a lot of costumes this year, way more than last year, and lots of good stuff, lots of fun stuff, and we really appreciate it if you sent a picture in. Or if you didn't, go check it out. It's at iFanboy.com. There's a red post right at the top. You can see the, you can see the whole iFanboy staff in their Halloween costumes, including and my— You can see that Ron went one Halloween. My rare, rare, rare Halloween appearance. Enjoy it while it lasts. Cause you went all out. I saw that, and I was like, how did he even enjoy the whole night dressed up like that? I wouldn't—you you don't know. Oh, I enjoyed the night or not. <laughs> You're making an assumption. Well, all I got to say is I, I have no problem sharing this story is that if you look at my costume, it tied in the back behind my neck. Mm-hmm. And the person who tied it for me tied it in a way that didn't make untying it very easily. So picture me at 2 in the morning, <laughs> a, little, a little addled, trying to untie something behind my neck by myself with Hulk running around on. my apartment for about 20 minutes. Did you take the whole cans off? Yeah. Yes, I took the whole cans off, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I, you saw, I, if you saw my costume, I'm already 6'3". That costume added about nine inches to my height. And nice. at one point, I was at a house party, and, and I caught the wig on a ceiling fan. <laughs> and it, it just took it right off. Ding! Hit the bell! <laughs> Hit the bell! <laughs> Thank you! Oh, it went right off my head, yeah. and I had to chase it and grab it and get it back. Yeah. Good but, job. Uh, All right, also, so check out the yeah. Halloween post. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, we have a new podcast. Go to iTunes, search iFanboy or iFanboy Don't Miss. You can get the new Don't Miss podcast. Last week we had Greg Rucka, and next week we should have Mark Wade. So, uh, so tune wow, in on Monday for that. that one. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet. I'm, I'm qualifying, qualifying. 90% percent sure if, it, if it's not out on Monday, that's why. But that wasn't the only interview that came out this week. No, we talked to – boy, it's been a talk explosion, as, as I like to call it lately. Uh, we just had a, a, a nice conversation with Mike Dawson come out. Mike uh, was a creator cartoonist behind Freddie and Me, the book of the month long ago. And he's also done a bunch of other things. And he does the Ink Panthers podcast with uh, cartoonist Alex Robinson. And uh, him and I sat and talked uh, about, some, uh, about some of his work and, and doing indie comics and – you know, it's a re- he's a really interesting creator that I think people would really like if they, if they got a chance to to know some of the work. And and the good thing is a lot of it's up for free on the web, so you can you can check that stuff out. So. I, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, and it's a great inter- it was a great interview, Josh. So good Thank job. You. Um, so now's the time that you all been waiting for. Yay. Oh, Yay. ribs. Sweet. I love ribs. <laughs> is the show over? Is that what? No. You- <laughs> so a uh, lot a lot of you have been asking uh, last week what the saddest. Oh. <laughs> Oh, a lot of you have been asking what the, what's up with the iFanboy video show. Are we coming back? Do you think we're ever coming back? When is it going to come back? What's happening? What's happening? Connor, what is happening? No. I said we're Connor. <laughs> no, we're coming back. We're coming back December 3rd, I believe, is the first Wednesday in December. Or December 2nd. December 2nd. Whatever yeah. the first Wednesday in December is. That's December 2nd. Yes. Co-host so Regis Philbin. So it's yes. going to be. We're really excited Regis. about that. So you can find the first episode of the new, or not the, well, the first new episode of iFanboy. What happened to annuals? <laughs> it's crazy. That would be awesome. <laughs> I bet we could get that. Make I could make happen. that happen. You want Regis? I can get Regis. <laughs> what am I even doing here? How did I get to Queens? 
<laughs> I haven't read a comic book since 1967. It still cost a quarter. <laughs> Jack Kirby owes me oh. $5. <laughs> so, so me and Kirby, we're in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do the voice. I don't know why I'm trying. All right, so, yeah, so December the, 2nd. December 2nd, the first week of December, will be the return of the iFanboy video show. We've got a bunch planned. We're getting ready just to, to roll them out, and that's when you can find it. Yes. Uh, so you can you can cease the emails. Yes. Well, no, I keep asking if you want. So. Stop <laughs> calling my house. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so tune in to iFanboy.com or vision3.com forward slash iFanboy on December 2nd. For, we'll be back and better than ever. Also, whoa, 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 let's not make whoa, that claim. Whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to be better than you know ever. What, you know what Ron's doing a lot tonight? He's writing checks his butt may not be able to cash. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but one check I can cash is that if you're on the Twitter, you probably follow Twitter uh, slash iFanboy, which is us. Uh, we hope you do at least. Um, there, if you go to Twitter.com slash iFanboy, you can find in the right-hand corner, we've created a bunch of lists that you can now follow. Twitter rolled out the new list functionality. I posted about it earlier this week on iFanboy.com. If you want to follow every comic creator or every comic podcaster or every comics media person or industry people, they're all listed there. You can subscribe to the lists. Check it out. It's cool. We've, we've done this for you. It's, it's our early Christmas gift for you. They're living so. lists as well. Yes. So. Yes, they are. They're always being added. And everyone who suggested people to add, thank you so much. That That's a collaborative effort. Twitter.com slash iFanboy slash lists, I believe. It's so. an easy way to follow yeah. everybody at once. It's, it's nice. You might exactly. be like, I never knew that Stanley was on there. Well, you're damn right. He is. And he goes on tirades. And he's prolific. Yes, yes and, he it's actually, and it's actually him. I've confirmed that it is indeed It's him. totally him. No one can do yeah. that voice. No yeah. one can write like that. It's great. Excellent. So if you enjoy that, if you enjoy the video show that's coming back, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy everything at ifanboy.com, all the writing, best way to get involved is become a member for $4 or $40 for $4 a week. <laughs> for $4 a month or $42 a year, you can get a, a prize pack of a free comic book, uh, some pins and some stickers and a thank you note from us. Or for $10 a month or $100 a year, you get all that plus a t-shirt. And we thank our iFanboy members. You keep us going. Becoming an iFanboy member makes you eligible for giveaways. We're going to have some more holiday-themed giveaways coming up, so be on the lookout for that. Um, so become an iFanboy member today. You can do that at, at ifanboy.com forward slash store. And that's where you can also buy our t-shirts. We've got the Herm t-shirt, which is back. The, they, the ones that have been ordered are being shipped soon. Yeah, if, you, if you're someone who's ordered the Herm shirt in the last few weeks and or had a $10, $100 a month membership and you're like, where the F is my shirt? The shirts just arrived a couple days ago. The Huzzah. ones are going out this week. So yes. we had to reorder them because we sold out. So just Put keep, the gun keep, oil away. Keep uh-huh. patient and they are going out in the mail as you probably hear this. So go to ifanboy.com forward slash store. If you haven't got your t-shirt, they make great holiday gifts for your friends who like comics or your comic shop owner or become a member. Don't miss out on the giveaways. Thank you. So I know, unfortunate as it may be, that there are people out there listening to this show who have not been to iFanboy.com. And to me, this, yep. is, this is an abomination. If I may go all Pat Robertson, this is a horrible thing. You should go to iFanboy.com. You can read Ron's Pick of the Week review or any, any of the Pick of the Week reviews. You can read the Book of the Month review and the really great stuff that goes up all the time. If you like the fun of this podcast and the, and the, the tone and the way that we talk about comics and you, you feel like discussing with more people or just reading, get over to iFanboy.com. It's a website we're very, very proud of. And, and man, isn't, pulling, isn't making your pull list fantastic. Uh, go over there. Go to iFanboy.com slash about and you can find all the social networking uh, links uh, that we're all on and the staff and find out about us and and try to put together our stories That's i think at the very least everybody should go and make their pull list and that way we can see what the f- audience is reading mm-hmm. and honestly and we've gotten feedback from the creators and the publishers that they come to check out the pull list to see what you're all reading so you're 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 partaking in the comic book industry by doing this 
Go make your pull list. You can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, 326-2697. Any comments, questions, concerns. And if you're a lady... <laughs> you know what to do. You because to because do. calling them ladies is really... <laughs> if you're a chick, if you're a broad... Dame. And finally, <laughs> if, if you dig this podcast, go to iTunes, write a review of it. Go to the Don't Miss Podcast feed and write a review of that as well. We need to start building up the reviews there. We're on zero. We need well, wait 500. Till, wait, till the, so. wait till that second one. See if that actually comes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure, fair enough. But um, or better yet, just totally go tell your friends, tell your comic book store owners and workers, and the guys at the docks, whoever else you know, tell them about iFanboy. Um, <laughs> hey, Louie, what are you doing over there? I said this <laughs> podcast. Oh yeah, is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> so that wraps it up for this week. Until next time, I'm Ron. I apologize for all the chicks and broads remarks. That was all just. <laughs> I don't want any organizations after me. I would like to divest myself of everything said uh, almost entirely. Uh, that's me, Joshua Flanagan. Thank you very much. Josh at ifanboy.com. Yes, exactly. His social is the one, two. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine.